0: The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Welcome to the Tech Cat Show with host Lori H. Schwartz. Each week we hear from established leaders in the technology and consumer industry. Finding out the scoop should never be this much fun. Now, here is your host, Lori H. Schwartz. Ladies and gentlemen, I
2: am coming to you live from San Francisco where I'm hanging out with some fabulous clients and doing all sorts of cool technology talking. Taking a little break to uh, dial into the Tech Cat Show and I have with me, coming from Los Angeles, California, the fantastic Jackie Barnbrook, who wears many hats, um, actress, producer, writer, very funny improv comedian, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but also Jackie happens to be the producer of one of the most cutting edge virtual reality experiences in Hollywood right now, The Martian, and we're going to dig into all of these things, so let's have a big hand for the fabulous Jackie Barnbrook. (laughs)
3: <laughs> that was crazy. Hello. Welcome hey, I think Lori, I think you should refer to me as Jackie H. Barnbrook because oh, you're H. Lori H. Schwartz. Right. Right. Are it's there, just,
2: are there a million uh, Jackie Barnbrooks out in the world? No. Well then you can't, I, you can't have that H then.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, God, if you had it, then I should have it too. All right, but. well, we'll share it for sure. Well, right. Jack, Jackie's
2: here to to give us a taste of this uh, immersive world that we're calling virtual reality, which if you're in in Hollywood and also if you're just a regular person, you've been reading a lot and hearing a lot about the explosion of virtual reality. But before we dig into that, Jackie, tell us about your, bar, your background, because you... You, you wear so many different hats, all wrapped around mm-hmm. creating great content. So g- give us a little bit of your background.
3: Okay, so um, I have been uh, sort of a performer since I was four years old. I uh, started out in dance and theater and all of that sort of thing. And, <clears throat> you know, I have uh, spent my whole life in some form of entertainment, either in front of the camera, behind the camera, um, uh, like I said, theater and, you know, um, I have even gone so far as to dress up in a character costume and dance on stage in 120 degree heat. Oh, so,
2: nice.
3: um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, there's, there's nothing I won't do. Um, the last sort of 22 years, I have been working in visual effects and animation and, um, I've been very fortunate to work with a lot of really A-list, um, uh, digital artistic talent and uh, visual effects supervisors and animation directors, people who were uh, not animation directors who became animation directors, um, you know, all kinds of uh, amazing people. And um, I've had a lot of experience working in what I like to call bleeding edge technology. <laughs> because is there that is blood. Pe- people, uh, people, spill blood doing people spill blood? People spill blood, people, yes. <laughs> yeah, they don't die, but they do spill blood. So um we do end up giving a lot and uh there's a lot of smashing brains together to try to figure out how to make things work. And um it's been uh and just one little tidbit because I'm very proud of this. I did produce an animated short film in two thousand two that won an Academy Award called the Chub Chubs. So that's, that's that, insane. That was a good day. <laughs> um <laughs> but um, I'm really proud to uh be on the sort of um, cutting edge of this this new immersive technology and, and sort of brand new era of immersive entertainment um, that we've created here called the Martian VR experience. And you know this is sort of like a, a joint effort between 20th Century Fox and their Fox Innovation Lab, um, RSA films and the virtual reality company uh, working with um, you know the director Rob Stromberg. And uh, Ridley Scott, which is like, you know, sort of dreamland. Um, And, you know, just the team at Fox, man, what a, what a great group of guys. They, they're really facilitators to make this kind of thing happen. And um, the, um, the, the, whatever, you know, about storytelling and whatever, you know, about um, trying to make something work, this is a whole new animal to try to kind of get through the the experience and and make it work in this sort of um sensory um explosion <laughs> you're like yes. sort of sensory fireworks going off you know you're not sure which synapses to pay attention to so um that's the exciting part and that's the also the challenge um but it makes it really really fun
2: well, and, and to, to back up just a moment, because the way that you and I met was uh, when we were working on uh, a, a big blockbuster hit called Kazam, <laughs> which was a movie starring Shaquille O'Neal um, as a genie. And it was directed okay. by, by Paul Michael Glazer, who was many people in our generation know as the original Starsky and Starsky and Hutch. And he was just a dream. Oh my a, God, I love person, that guy. A person to work with. And the movie was yeah. kind of a goofy movie, a kid's movie, um, mm-hmm. but it had a lot of what we would call visual effects in it. And so your role at the time was to help execute on those effects. And that's the kind of stuff now that we see in movies all the time, which some people may refer to as CG, yeah. com- you know, computer generated. But at that moment in time, that's where we were with bleeding edge and cutting cutting edge tech and it was making people fly and doing all sorts of crazy things. And so you were, you did things there that
3: nobody had ever done before. Absolutely. And the thing is, is that you have, um, you had a, um, uh, a situation where, um, people were, you know, asking you to do things and create images and create characters that had never been, um, created before. Can you believe that my gardeners just showed up with their air blowers? Can you hear that? <laughs> no, it's okay. Oh, is it okay? <laughs> well, okay. It's, it's very high tech. Okay, uh, and it's all very, right, and it's very oh. real, real life. And- okay, so, um, but I wanted to say one thing. Like, I'm, you know, going back to, um, uh, you know, thinking about like when I f- the very first job that I worked on was Water World, and at that time we were using. A water simulator that only the military had used, called Ereté Water, and at that time that water simulation had never really been done before in that way, and we we were rendering at six hours per frame. And when you're talking about shots that are five seconds long, you know, I mean, I think we calculated one shot, which was quite long, would take several years to render. Oh my God. So, And when gonna- you say
2: and when you say render, you basically mean that you're, you're cooking the digital assets so they actually turn into the shot right. that you're making. Basically. Yes.
3: Yes. So that's yes, absolutely. So what happens is, you know, you set up all the parameters and you give it all of its technical information and then you say, OK, go into the oven and bake. And then when it comes out, it's supposed to look like, you know, what you'd hoped. And when you get it back, there's all kinds of things wrong with it. And so the second time you send it into bank, you just pray to goodness that you've corrected all of the mistakes properly, you know? So, um, that was one thing. And then, you know, they ended up, um, uh, uh, going from there. I remember getting a call from, uh, somebody that I work with saying, what was the name of that, um that uh, software for the water because we're going to use it on a movie called Titanic.
2: Oh my God.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and so I was like, wow. And I remember we were sort of like nodding our heads. Yes, we can do this. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we can do that. And everybody looking around the room going, can we do that? Oh gosh, I hope we can. You know, which is definitely how uh, the world of visual effects was when I first started in it. We just were sort of nodding and smiling, but we didn't really know if we could make the things that, that the directors were asking us for. So um, and obviously we've come to a point now where we've we've made huge strides. And like, for instance, uh, we did a test on um, Alice in Wonderland where we were trying to put a motion capture character, an animated character, a live action character all in the same set piece at the same time. Well, that required they all require different lighting. They all you know, and it was sort of in stereo and we had to have real time backgrounds showing up. And I, I was like it was a. A, an amazing feat, and we ended up doing it um but it it wasn't something that would have been conducive to like timely production so um we we that was like another big um, sort of technology hurdle that we got over and then of course you know James Cameron did a magnificent uh job of putting avatar together and working out all those different bugs um and then sort of coming into this. VR situation, we have, you know, we have visual effects, we have VR, we have um, real-time game engine issues, and then on top of that, we have the fact that we're using still emerging technology and and beta hardware that's not even consumer-ready yet, so... There is it's, cra-
2: it's crazy land, and every time you do something, because you're you're dealing as the producer, which is what Jackie's role is in these scenarios. She's managing software that has never really been used before, new hardware with cameras and other tech that facilitate the capturing of all of this talent, really big name talent that's being forced to deal with new tech that's never, you know, worked before, and putting it all together. So that new stuff gets born. And and it's insane and amazing. Because you're dealing with really big names in your world.
3: Yeah, and I'm dealing with film guys. And those film guys um, have an expectation of how things are going to be delivered. And so um, there's never an opportunity where you can't deliver. You know what I mean? It's not like, well, you're not going to make this deadline. And, you know, companies that create games, even though ours is not a game, it's more just interactive, um, is literally, um, you know, God, is. it isn't a lot quieter now.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: God. Um,
2: Jack, the, the, Jackie's calling us from her home office and managing a gardener while also making cutting edge Martian VR. Yes.
3: I'm gonna actually go um, muzzle him. Right, so <laughs> well, uh, a, a perfect time
2: for us to to take a break. You go muzzle your gardener, and then when okay. we come back, I want to dig a little bit more into the pieces, uh, you know, of what doing something like the Martian really means, and then and how do you learn about all this cutting edge stuff so that it actually goes out to the consumer. So we're gonna be back with the fabulous Jackie Barnbrook talking about cutting edge virtual reality, and I know we're going to get her um, to do some of her uh, comedy hijinks with me very (laughs) quickly, because we used to do a lot of uh, performing together on stage as well. So we'll be back in a moment on The Tech Cat Show.
4: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
1: Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com
4: you have a message you want to share that message you want it to be social to go viral and spread across the planet but how do you get started tune into amplify featuring host ken roshan and co-host gisela gonzalez this show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful but have a positive impact on the world Tune in live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. And get Amplified. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network.
1: This is the Tech Cat Show with Lori H. Schwartz. If you want to find out more about our show or to leave a comment or question, send an email to lori at techcat.tv. That's lori at techcat.tv. And
2: we're back with the fabulous Jackie Barnbrook, who I'm calling our immersive producer. She has muzzled her gardener. uh, (laughs) uh, So Jackie is the producer of a really cutting edge and very much talked about um, project called The Martian VR Project and uh, still struggling with with a gardener, as all people do. Um, Mm -hmm. But I, I had some questions for you, Jackie, because I know since this stuff is all cutting edge... You know, and I know you're dealing with software and hardware, but you're also dealing with like a major piece of IP like The Martian and someone like Ridley Scott. So like how do you juggle all these pieces because I'm sure he doesn't care if the software or hardware isn't working, right? So how how does this all
3: how do you as a producer manage all of this? Nobody does care if it's working or not working. <laughs> they just the they want to see the finished product. And, you know, the interesting thing is that anytime you're doing um, something in real time, you have the issues of um, um, that there's always bugs. Any, any uh, game that you would play online or that you would get um, that's streaming or, or whatever, you're going to have patches that come through on a regular basis. And so um, there's a level of whether those bugs are there or not there. And how conducive it is to gameplay or interactive process, or or not. So the the question is, what is where's the you know where's the um, the level of acceptance and all acceptance. This, of, yeah. yeah. Where's where's what's the tolerance ultimately? Right. So um, you know we we're constantly battling that, and the thing that happens when you're in uh, in an interactive environment, different than when you're cutting a film on an Avid or whatever. I mean, if you have something and you drop it in and you just drop it in and it's there. And um, the, with, the inter, with the real-time situation, you put something, you, if you add a piece of something, a piece of sound or a piece of um, uh, a diff, an added element or an added piece of effects, you could throw off the rest of that level. Let the rest of that level, or it could break something in a different level. And so you're constantly balancing between what you have or what your intention is for, for that scene and what the real-time experience can manage. And different things cost a different amount of density and experience, if that makes any sense. And yeah. so, you know, I mean, I rely heavily on my tech team to inform me. And I inform them um, quite uh, with with hopefully not too heavy of a stick, you know, (laughs) to say, say, hey, we have a review on Friday. You better have it working. And um, they've been amazing so far. And, you know, but again, I have a team of guys at the Fox Innovation Lab and RSA Films where they Uh, understand that we don't know what we don't know and that they understand that we're in an environment that's new to them and that they have to be somewhat forgiving. And they've been just like amazing collaborators. It's kind of sickeningly sweet how, Um, wonderful the process has been working with these guys. Now, Let me me ask
2: you another question because uh, you and I were just at the Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas and of course we didn't see each other because we were both insane. Um, (laughs) But you were were demoing the Martian VR experience and the the way that this works is you sit in a special chair. Can you tell us about that? Because I don't think people realize, I know a lot of people understand you put on a helmet or you look through glasses or maybe you stick your phone in a piece of cardboard and you see VR and it it makes you feel like you're there. But what you're doing is the next
3: step. So can you explain to people what's going on there? Yeah. Yeah. So we have a couple of different things. I mean, ultimately we're trying to be platform agnostic, right? So we have um, created this VR experience for, um, we have a teaser that, that lives inside the Samsung gear. So if you have a headset and, and a Samsung phone, you can watch the, tra- you know, the teaser in there, uh, sort of like a preview that gives you a sense of what it looks like and everything. And that's kind of fun. And then we have created a version for the Oculus with the controllers and with the Vive with the controllers. We're also working on the PlayStation uh, VR with their controllers. And, you know, that's uh, that has its own issues trying to have it work in every one of those platforms th- in the same way. Because um, they all have different rules and parameters, but um, the the what was what was fantastic is that the the guys from DBox um, came to us and said, "Hey, you know, what would be really fun is if we were to code motion to the experience," and we were like, "Okay, you can do that, just." you know, we can't help you because we're busy. (laughs) (laughs) And and when you just, to back up one second, so when you talk
2: about different platforms, so basically someone may have Oculus, which is a company that Facebook bought, or somebody may have Vive, which is another company. So there are all these different uh, technology solutions for experiencing VR. So it's just the same thing as having an app that works on Android or iOS. You've got to create this same experience Multiple right. times. And then along comes a third company, a fourth company, and they say, We want to do something even cooler with this. And that's what yeah. D Box is.
3: Well, no, D Box is its own entity. And I don't know if you've ever been to the movie theater where they have D Box chairs. No. But tell us. They've been doing this for a while now, it turns out. And I'm like the first, I'm just like first to experience it a couple months ago. Um, when I found out about it, I went and saw one of the movies that was playing um, at that point over at the Pew Center, you know, in Los Angeles and um, sat in the D-Box chair. And I, I was exhausted by the time I got out of that movie because I was so um, immersed in the experience with the with the help of the movement of the chair. So what they do is they take everything that's happening in the Martian VR experience and they code a motion to go with whatever is triggered. So it's a lot of coding, right? It's a lot. Like if if you're driving the rover on Mars and you go to the left, then your body kind of counters to the right, and so the chair will move as if you're actually in the rover moving. And what's kind of fantastic about this is that it it just ups the experience, it ups the ante, it ups the pressure. like a hundred percent. So for instance, there is one, um, section of the, of the Martian VR experience where you have to load solar panels to the Rover and there's this huge dust storm coming on the right hand side towards you. And, you know, so you're rushing to try to get this solar panel, you know, hooked up. It's like one of those claws. Remember, you know, we used to go to You know, a diner, and they'd have that thing in there where you could pick up a stuffed toy with a claw, and you bring it up. It's that same kind of claw, but you're picking up the solar panels, and you're trying to load them into the rover. And the chair is going crazy now because the dust storm is on top of you, and the computer voice is telling you to hurry up. And you're trying to like get the solar panel. I literally screamed, "I'm gonna die!" (laughs) Because I thought, "Oh, I thought for sure." You know, I was like, "It." You just feel like you're so in the middle of it, and the pressure is on and um it's it was so fun people were howling with laughter when I was screaming I was like literally screaming <laughs> and I know what's going to happen I know it intimately but and it's I'm... it's just so it's so intense and so real when you're experiencing VR totally and it's so much fun and that you I mean that's the whole experience of the Martian VR experiences that you're meant to go through all of the different tasks that Mark Watney had to um perform and and you kind of get a perspective of what it might be like to, you know, facilitate your chances for survival and, and rescue, you know? Yeah, I and, love
2: that. I love, I yeah. love, love that. And, um, especially if you're a fan of the movie, to be able to, uh, you know, interact with the brand and the storytelling and all of that in this kind of environment is so great. And if you go into a theater with these chairs, why not? Like, why not have it all connected?
3: Yeah, I'm looking forward forward to when I can interact with Outlander. I'm oh, sorry.
2: No, yeah, yeah, you and I both sister. Well <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, switching men, sw- switching men in kilts. Wait a minute, let's go back to men and kilts well, for you. You second. and I can definitely go back to men and kilts, but, <laughs> but, but for our listeners, um I wanted yes, to sir. jump into, <laughs> into another topic that. that you and I talk about a lot, which is the role that um, women and women producers in particular are playing in VR right now in Hollywood because there's a lot of chatter this year or last year. 2015 was really the year of women in terms of acknowledging that there's a dearth of women in technology or that women in tech aren't being given the proper kudos or being given the opportunity to to take leadership roles. And there's certainly a lot of chatter in our community about the fact that there are so many women in virtual reality, why aren't they more um, public about it? Why aren't there more women speaking and, and just uh, taking the mantle? It, it seems to be very male-dominated, but the reality is that a lot of women are the producers in virtual reality, and I don't know if that's because you're all coming from uh, visual effects backgrounds because a lot of women are in visual effects, mm-hmm. and, and women yeah. are great managers and great, mm-hmm. you know, or, or what it is. But I was wondering if I could get your,
3: your feedback on that. You know, I think for the most part, you know, um, we're, we we deal with a very, um, you know, and I, I say this with all the love in my heart, uh, sort of a nerdy group of guys, mostly. Yep. Um, and I think they feel comfortable with um, women managing them. That's that part of it. I think that we have to go all the way back, Lori, to where it starts as... You know, when you're growing up, you know, um, uh, a friend of mine told me this great story about her, her daughter um, was watching, you know, her brother's soccer game or something like that. And the guy next to her, one of the dads was like, hey, when you grow up, are you going to be a princess? And she was like, or a doctor, (laughs) five, five years old, you know, but the mentality of everybody and parents and all of that is to consider that the, you know, that the girls or the women are going to do more frilly, frivolous type work. And I think that we need to start at home sort of saying, you can do anything you want to do. And by the way, you can be a great animator or great effects artist, which there's very few women who are animation or animators or effects artists. You could be a great director, or visual effects supervisor. You know, I have the, I've had the privilege of working with Two of the greatest uh, visual, women visual effects supervisors out there, um, Sheena Dougal and Wendy Rogers, um, you know, those are there's a handful of women that do that that role. And I think I mean, there's so much to say about the potential for women in technology, because women tech, uh, tend to have quite logical thinking and um, it it requires a lot of logical thinking. So um I mean I think there's much to say about it and I think we can only probably talk on the tip of the iceberg but um I think that I think that people are ready to acknowledge embrace- Embrace, yeah, and embrace more women in technology. I think that's that's ready to happen.
2: Well now let's talk more about this when we come back. It's a, okay. it's a huge topic. We have to take a little break now but we're going to talk more with Jackie Barbrook, the immersive producer and we're going to get into what's happening with women in tech because hey we are women in tech so why not? More with Hi. the tech Cat?
3: <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com.
4: Effective leadership is what will propel the world, organizations, and businesses through a range of dynamic changes. How do you keep up with these changes, build skills, and lead effectively? Listen for Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. Maureen offers tools and engaging guests who are leaders in their field. With each week, you'll work on and improve your skills to lead with confidence and drive your organization's success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Let's bring it
1: up.
2: Hello, and we're back with the fabulous Jackie Barnbrook, our immersive producer, and we were just getting into the tip of the iceberg of the conversation about women in technology. Jackie has been involved in tech as it relates to the creation of um, virtual reality and visual effects, and a lot of her colleagues are also women um, in this business. And so we were just getting into, you know, why is there this weird disconnect um, in sort of the public world about the role that women are playing in this space? So,
3: uh, Jackie, you had some thoughts about that. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, I just just sort of feel like it's not, um, we're not sort of pushing uh, young girls into those arenas early on. We think that those are sort of guy, um, you know, guy driven, uh, areas. Like for instance, you know, it's like sort of like, it's called sort of computer science at school when I went to school that maybe that's like, you know, now we have electricity. I don't know, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, it's like computer science. And anytime you have the word science, I think girls tend to shun away from that. Um, and they shouldn't, they shouldn't it's, you know, I think that they should be equally as excited and, and, uh, eager to see the potential of it, as as men are, but I don't think we create a mentality around that. I think that we we sort of like sort of go this is a boys, you know, like boys wear pants, girls wear skirts, kind of thing. Right, and, right. Um, and I think we could be a little bit more open minded about that sort of stuff. And I think that that would help change. Um, things, but I think that there's some, I think there's bigger stats actually about the fact that, you know, for instance, people, there's a certain percentage of people that love to play video games, but there aren't the same percentages that love to make video games. Right, so, right, right, right. But They're always looking to try to get more, more people, both men and women involved in the actual creation of technology and, um, whether that's computer science or engineering or, or whatever um, whatever that is. Um, and then just on the other side of things, Lori, the, the, um, you know, making sort of more female centric projects, right? So we have to remember that, um, women control usually 90% of consumer purchases and, um, they also are, responsible for about 63% of messaging on social media and you know when you start to hear those kinds of numbers you go wow okay so um you know and women are buying over half the movie tickets I think Shonda Rhimes said something like that I gosh I hope I didn't get that wrong but um uh that quote but it's you know there's a lot of purchasing power out there that's female driven and so why aren't we catering to them more right 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 you know i find for me you know i've spent a lot of my career doing movies about battles and explosions and um it certainly becomes a little wearisome now obviously those things kind of drive more visual effects type work but um i think there's a potential to create more female-centric story uh stories and content um both in you know the normal sort of cinema uh or entertainment world as well as in v r um you know there's there's uh i think we're i think we're only i think we've only created a you know a small field for for what's possible for women and i think we could open that up and have it become you know, so much grander than we ever imagined.
2: Than it could be, yeah. Where it won't actually matter what your gender is and all of that. Right. I, I mean, one of the conversations that I've had with um, Shelly Zales, who's on the show, who runs an organization called The Girls' Lounge, and it's all about empowering women in business, but she, she wants to change the C-suite conversation, which is not bring on a woman here because you need to have a woman here, but bring on a woman because, to your point, women are good, Managers of multiple things, and when you talk about just how we work, just how you know we're mm-hmm. wi- we're wired, and so with someone like you who's managing, you're managing tech vendors and technology people, you're managing hardware people, you're managing filmmakers, you're yeah. managing all the studio and the networks and all that, and you're managing a lot of pieces when it comes to creating VR. So it makes sense to me that women would be well suited for this area where there are multiple things
3: that you're balancing, you know? Yes, absolutely. I mean, women, women just, I think in their DNA can um, spin a lot of plates at the same time. That's just, that's just how they're built. We're, you we're, know?
2: we're plate spinners. However, we're not, um, <laughs> we're, a, I know that I'm not a good, I'm not a good plate cleaner. Um, no, yeah, I'm not a good cleaner, but I'm a good spinner of plates for sure. <laughs> I, I'm not.
3: A, I'm not a good plate juggler. Um, I can spin the plate pretty good, but I can't juggle it because I can't catch them when I need them to stop. <laughs> <laughs> you so, just crack so, to the floor.
2: So sw- switching gears, because you're also <laughs> you're also a performer, and I'm wondering because um, i 've seen your one woman show in fact jackie 's one woman show about ten years ago was how I met my husband, or at least my husband and I knew each other but but uh that your one woman show actually solidified us into a romantic
3: relationship um so I guess my daughter should really thank you yes <laughs> <laughs> I will take any kind of kudos from anywhere for anything. So as, yeah.
2: as a technologist sort of in your day job and then as a creative, you know, performing as well, are you also looking at other technology trends all the time? Are you trying to keep up with, you know, what's happening out there?
3: Well, I find as a performer, I'm always having to um, see how my um, how does my my work. Change Okay, like, let me explain what I'm saying. So, you know, when you're a dancer, um, there's different kinds of dance, right? So there's tap dancing, there's ballet, there's contemporary, there's jazz, there's swing, there's tango, there, you know, there's ballroom, there's what, you know, there's all these different kinds of dance, there's hip hop. And they all use slightly different muscles, and they have a different tone. And, you know, it's the same thing, like, if I'm doing theater or if I'm doing film or I'm doing television or, you know, I've been very fortunate to do like four uh, prominent mocap movies and like doing motion capture is probably more like doing theater than it is like doing film, even though it's for film and um, you know, whether you're doing a commercial or doing television or now, you know, if you're doing something in VR, see now in VR, you, if you're shooting something in VR, you have to um, shoot the whole scene pretty much because the camera isn't going to be moving around that much. You're going to do blocking and choreography to the camera probably. Um, And that's not always the way it is, but that's probably what it's going to be something like that. Um, Because um, you don't want to see any of the normal tricks that we use in, you know, movie magic to create a scene, you won't see any of the flags or the the lighting and all of that kind of, you have to dress the lighting unless you have sort of goo gobs of money to paint everything out. But, um, you know, you're going to want to hide the lighting or put the hiding, uh, hide the lighting in the set dressing. You're not going to have reflector boards and silks and stuff like that because you can see everything, you know. Um, you don't, you're not going to have like the director standing behind the camera necessarily. So you have to choreograph everything to the camera. And so that's going to be a different experience. So it's it's about trying to figure out what your skill sets need to be and what your um what the tone is of these kinds of pieces and all of that kind of stuff. So it's kind of it's it's great because you never stop learning and you never stop getting to try something new. You know, how how I work as a voiceover actor is different than how I work as, you know, a television actor.
2: And then how you work as a producer, I mean,
3: I think it's so interesting
2: because you're talking about understanding the constraints of each of your different worlds, but more and more, it seems to me, they're, they're all blending together. Like, are yeah. you, are you um, paying attention a lot to now social media technologies so that you can promote yourself as an actress, but then maybe as a producer... You have to understand how social media is going to work for the making of these different projects that you're doing. And so I see all sorts of overlap with these technology trends for you.
3: Well, it definitely gives me, uh, inspires me to have ideas. You know, I mean, um, you know, I have a a page on Facebook called the Jackie Barnbrook Appreciation Society um, because, you know, they don't allow you to save Jackie Barnbrook fan page. So I called it the Appreciation Society (laughs) instead. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) So um I have that. And then um when I was thinking about like I'm developing an animated feature and um it has a, a big eco message. So I thought, wow, wouldn't it be cool to make a couple of PSAs with my characters? I'll put them up online for free and you know, let's see if people like them. Um and and then we'll put a little message together with the with the PSA and that will then achieve the 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 mission to have some sort of conscious media happening and um, you know then I I was like that that's the beauty of the internet and having social media is that you can put this stuff up online and and uh, and and have people respond to it you know you don't have to wait for a distributor to give you their blessing is is
2: there a lot of um, you know since a lot of the stuff that you're doing now as in your producer world um, is there a lot of people who want to capture the process because you're doing things that have never been done before? So do you have a lot of, like, people sort of tracking your progress? Because you're basically inventing something new all the
3: time. Yeah, I mean, uh, when you say tracking my progress, not, like, not me personally, but just for, like, how this is all coming. Yes, uh, yeah. I mean, I'm,
2: personally, I'm stalking you, but no, <laughs> I, I meant your, the projects that you're working on.
3: Yeah, that's not new, Lori. You've been stalking me for years. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I mean, we, the the virtual reality company has, um, uh, you know, a behind the scenes crew actually that's working to um, sort of document their their progress and, um, you know, and how things are coming to be, which I think is really sort of fascinating um, and still sort of early days right now, but um, yeah, I mean, I think we're really trying to understand what it takes to, to do this kind of work. And there's still a, a whole host of unknowns because, of course, we still don't have consumer-ready hardware.
2: Right. There's, and, a, there's a journey to, to when it will be mass appeal. Well, we have to take one more break um, um, in the show before we dig into a little bit more about where we can keep up and all stock you, Jackie. So when we come back... <laughs> I want to learn more about where we can find you, what you're doing next, um, and uh, how people can see some of the, the stuff that you're creating both in the producer side of your life and in the actor side of your life. So more with uh, Stalking, uh, Jackie Barnbrook, the immersive producer, and the Tech hat when we come back.
0: Stalking, 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 stalking.
4: business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network
1: the key point of contact between consumers and brands is technology StoryTech, a boutique agency empowers you to use that tech to deliver your message engage your customers and raise the bottom line how do you track and exploit the trends how do you stay ahead of industry disruption and how do you maximize profit from content From strategy to execution, the answer is StoryTech. Inform, innovate, create. Visit us at story-tech.com. That's story-tech.com.
4: If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization,
2: Rocking out here on the TechCat Show with the fabulous Jackie Barnbrook, who is uh, filling us in on all sorts of uh, fabulous details about women in tech and creating virtual reality content. And so, Jackie, where can we see some of this stuff that you're working on? Where, where, is the Martian VR project? Is that available yet for people to um, watch? Well,
3: no, it's it's uh, like I said, we're waiting for the hardware to be released as soon as the the hardware is released then the content will be right on its heels um you know and we're still waiting for confirmation from the different platforms about when those releases will happen and like i was saying before you know with films you make a deadline you pretty much have to hit that deadline with with um uh you know anything that's happening in real time or game engine driven stuff tends to be nebulous about when they're going to come out like they'll say Q1 or Q2 of, you know, first of all they say 2016 yeah. and then they say Q2 3 or something and then, you know So for instance, you know, the latest that we heard was that there was a headset that was coming out Q1, Q2, but the controllers aren't coming out till Q3, Q4. So it's like, well, this is an experience that needs those controllers. So that would be important to to have those as well. So, you know, we're just sort of um, idling our time until we have better information because we'll have to update drivers and update um, everything to whatever the final output is. So, um, that is just
2: I, mind blowing that you're making, you're creating some really expensive, really high quality IP with major players in, in town and, yeah. and the, the ability to see it right now hasn't been released yet. And you're not sure right. when, I mean, that's just crazy when you think but, about it. Yeah. But you know, I think this and is, in a good way, I mean, not in a bad way, but just, you know,
3: different. Yeah. I think as a producer, you have to just take the information as it comes and, um, you know, try to make best choices, uh, for, you know, time and money. That's, that's everything that I deal with time and money and, um, managing expectations between, you know, um, our studio, uh, you know, colleagues and our, uh, production colleagues and all of that. So, um, just trying to make every, make sure everybody understands what's coming and how it's going to make everybody happy. (laughs) <laughs> okay i'm trying um you well, know i'm a people pleaser that's well, my problem and
2: speaking about pleasing people because <laughs> I, I have seen you on stage and i've been on stage with you
3: when are we going to see you again well i'm working on um writing my next one one moon show so that will be a follow-up to um the the one that i did the first one i did was called jacks of all trades which is about all crazy different jobs i've had in my life and the next one is going to be you know, about, I'm just trying to exercise and I'm getting stopped at every turn. There's something, you know, I went to this beautiful, like yoga class and um, somehow, you know, they had candles all around the room and I ended up with my, with my socks on fire. Oh my God, that's um, hysterical. I'm just just trying to exercise. If somebody could just let me exercise, I would really appreciate it. I wish Um, somebody
2: would do the exercise
3: for me i would really appreciate that i know right yeah that's what we do find a way that's what we need is the technology to have somebody exercise for you and for you to reap the benefits of it yeah that that would be fantastic i think i call i call that a massage actually (laughs) actually
2: you're also working on as a producer some creative projects as well is there anything that we can we can look out
3: for there i'm I'm really excited about uh, my animated feature, and like I said we're we're building these PSAs. We have a couple of PSAs that are in progress right now. I'm hoping that they're gonna come out in like May or June. Um, so those will be coming down the horizon. Obviously, you know, if you want to follow what I'm doing i I post when I have stuff coming up. I did some voice work in the little Prince, which opens in. Uh, I think it's March 18th uh, this, of this year. I did some voice work and I was uh, I helped actually set up um, the visual effects for Jungle Book, um, which is the John Favreau directed Jungle Book for Disney that comes out in April of this year. Um, you know, I'm always doing different uh, projects for Disney. I have a, a a company called the Digital Makeup Group. Um, and that's a little bit more discreet. So, um, we, we, uh, we work on, uh, a lot of different high-end projects and, uh, uh, take care of our, our, uh, some of our famous actors, make sure that they look good. And then, um, uh, you know, I have this fantastic idea for a new VR project. That's very chick centric. Ooh! And, um, I'm super Ooh, excited ah. about it. it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, I think it's going to be great. Um, I'm not in a rush on that one, because I just want to see what happens with platforms, and what's the best way to manage uh, that. So we're just sort of in early days developing that for whatever is going to be the best place to develop it for. Um,
2: I I love all of that. And I love that in today's world, you can wear you know, multiple hats like you're wearing um, in all your various projects, and they they ebb and flow together, and it seems like, you know, technology is underneath sort of creative enabling all of these different things that you're doing. Now, what about, are you active on social media? Can people follow you anywhere on social media?
3: Yeah, I'm on uh, Facebook. Like I said, I have, um, you know, I have a a webpage called the Jackie Barnbrook Appreciation Society. That's
2: right, that's right. And then
3: Twitter... Yeah, I'm on Twitter as well as Jackie Barnbrook. And um and then also I on Instagram, um as uh Jackie Barnbrook, yeah.
2: As Jackie Barnbrook because that's your name. Yeah, and
3: you know, I'm just so I'm kind of depressed now that I didn't make it Jackie H. Barnbrook.
2: Well, I I'll tell you, we're gonna have to battle for that H uh because uh <laughs>
3: <laughs> would you want to like, mud wrestle or yeah, jello? Yeah, jello, jello, I think would be much more
2: fun. And the sugarless kind, so we don't have diabetic teachers. But um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know if I ever actually told you the story about how um, my mortgage was actually being deposited into a different Lori Schwartz's account. And uh, I actually was getting really? default notifications from Wells Fargo. Mm-hmm. And I call them, and I'm like, what is going on? I'm paying my bills. And they're like, uh, it's, no, you're not. And I'm like, can you check? And it turns out something just happened, a glitch. And they started depositing all my checks into a different Lori Schwartz's account. So that from then on, I was very obsessed with the H. Right. Which is, right. you know, I don't even know who I was named after. I mean, it's some, de- you know, dead person who is important at some point. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's funny. But, uh, but. You know, um, just one quick thing, too. I do have an independent movie that I was in where I played the manager of this trailer park. Ooh. And what was super fantastic is that at one point when I was on set, I was waiting for my scene. This guy came up to me and he said, um, now, who are you? And I said, oh, I'm the manager of the trailer park. And he goes... He goes, oh, he goes, do you know what time the pool closes? (laughs) (laughs) And I said, you know, that's how good I am. That's That's how good of an actor I am. (laughs) I am so good that you think I'm the actual manager of this trailer park. And that's not true. Just just,
2: um, as the manager of the trailer park what recommendations would you have as a final note to our audience if they want Uh, to explore virtual reality what what is the best thing for for folks to do right now just to try and understand it either as as business owners
3: as brands as technologists if they haven't dived in yet I think the best thing to do is get yourself a Google cardboard put get your phone in there Go, go to, um, you know, I think it's the milk store, and get an app, download it, and just have that kind of experience. Experience what it feels like, even in Google Cardboard, because once you get inside it, you'll start to go, "Oh, I see." The thing that is what takes it to the next level when with the Martian VR experience is that then you go, "I see the full value of the potential of this entertainment." Right. right, right, right. When but, you add but, add that great IP to it. Right. Yes, exactly. But but when you have, and also the controllers, but when you have the Google Cardboard, it's going to give you a taste of it, right? It'll give you a, a sense of what it feels like to be inside VR. But when you go to um, the next level, which is the Martian VR experience, then you're going to see, oh, wow, this has so much more immersive, has a bigger immersive experience like like, and like I said, it's like a sensory explosion yeah I, I love that that's a great
2: way to to end the show and yeah. let's have a big hand for the fabulous Jackie H. Barnbrook, the <laughs> producer. Um, it's been you great. Too, to talk to you too. And the Lori
3: H. Schwartz. And we'll to uh, you next week from the Tech
2: Cat Show. Check out everything and all things Jackie Barnbrook and explore virtual reality when you get a chance. And thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Jackie, and Jackie with a Q.
3: Jackie <laughs> with a Q. A okay. Q in there. Any letter is open for anybody, Yes. And use <laughs> use But Q. Focus on the Q. Take
2: care, everybody. <laughs> See you next week. Bye.